a lot of people don't have the correct mindset required to make money work for them. And let's just be honest. People think money is like a dollar bill. No, money is energy. And even something as simple as a mantra, right? Like I am a money magnet. Money flows to me effortlessly and abundantly. Just saying that, believing it, law of attraction, all that stuff. All of a sudden, it just changes your relationship with it. All right. I'm here with the one and only Craig Siegel. Craig, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, my man. I've been looking forward to this all week. I'm a big fan of yours and you have my word. We will absolutely manufacture magic here today. Oh, that's so cool. Likewise, bro. Thank you so much. Craig, you're a mindset coach. You're a four-time marathon runner. You're the founder of Cultivate Lasting Symphony. And you're a podcast host of the CLS Experience, which is a great podcast. Your website is cultivatelastingsymphony.com. Your IG is at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Again, Craig, thanks so much for being here, bro. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, like I said earlier, I'm a fan of yours. I love your energy. I love your style. I love the people you interview. I watched a bunch of your episodes and they all resonate with me specifically. So we're going to have a ton of fun right now. Let's do this. Thank you so much, bro. Well, hey, let's jump right in, man. So, Craig, what does inspired living mean to you? Inspired living means waking up every single day as if it was on purpose, as if you had a vision, as if you had a game plan, as if you wanted to leave a legacy, more importantly, as if you wanted to leave an impact. So I'm personally living with inspiration every single day. I'm looking to make every single second count. That's what that means to me. I love that. And, you know, I know a lot of people talk about your energy. I'm a big fan of your energy. Talk about where your energy comes from on a day-to-day -day basis, man. You know, the truth of the matter is, is maybe this isn't the sexiest answer, but I'm absolutely in love with what I'm doing now. And let me just be clear. I wasn't always doing this. I, I had businesses and finance and Wall Street that I, that I did for years. And, you know, when I pivoted in the pandemic to start CLS, which essentially is my life's work, it's my passion. Most importantly, it's my purpose. I am so inspired seeing people revamp their mindsets and helping them show them that there is a better life out there for them, giving them a new perspective to look at life through and just seeing all the unbelievable breakthroughs and the testimonials every single day. This is what lights my fire. This is what it's all about. And that's where I get my energy from because I notice that a lot of people who lack energy are not inspired, which probably means they're not doing what they're truly passionate about. So. If I could provide some value right now to your audience, I would say this. Life's short. It's unpredictable. We're on borrowed time. Identify and locate what truly fuels your fire and then run with it. Straight up, man. That's fire right there. I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I we were connected through uh, David Meltzer, you know, and I saw you on one of his uh, IG lives and I immediately connected with you and your energy and your messaging and just what you're all about. So that's why I asked you to be here. And, you know, my project is all about tools for inspired living, um, specifically for, for athletes. But now it's kind of shifted and grown into coaches and entrepreneurs and just people who resonate with that message, you know. So, you know, like, how do you stay inspired on a day-to-day -day basis? I, I you, you talked about your energy, but but inspiration is, comes from within. You know, talk about like a day-to-day -day kind of tools for daily inspiration. Yeah, so it's funny that you ask that because inspiration and motivation are temporary, right? Like anyone yeah. can watch the movie Gladiator or Rocky or Rudy or whatever the case may be and get junked up for a couple of weeks. And, and I've used this analogy before, but it's not coincidence that the gyms are packed on New Year's Day and then- right. Two weeks later they fizzle out 
because inspiration, motivation only temporary. What lasts forever, in my opinion, is revamping someone's mindset and changing their perspective. And so with their one sole limitations, now they see opportunity. So every single day, I'm just thinking so big that it's it makes people uncomfortable. Like I want CLS to be the biggest thing the world's ever seen, not selfishly for Craig, but just so I can help revamp billions of mindsets and show people that mentorship and support, you know, can do wonders for people. And there is so much out there for everybody to live, no matter what we've been through. And so every single day, I'm just so focused on that vision that I'm permanently inspired. <laughs> I love that, man. Well, since you mentioned your podcast, CLS, I, I've, I'm a fan. Um, it's, re- it's growing rapidly right now. Talk a little bit about the inspiration where, where that came from the, and, and now the journey that you're going on from podcaster to podcaster here. Yeah, so, and we're about to approach 50,000 downloads and we're only about six weeks into the launch, which I'm a beginner at this, but I hear is pretty impressive. And I just want to say I'm so grateful to the audience for really resonating with the message. And in regards to the podcast, when I started CLS, I acted very decisively once I put this all together. I thought of a two, three-year vision down the line. And I teach this in my, in my programs, the Moonshot Masterpiece and also my mastermind. So I tell someone to put a moonshot out there. Think of like the little kid in you as big as you possibly can a couple of years out, what this might look like. And then we kind of reverse engineer it. And we say, okay, if we want CLS to be the biggest thing the world's ever seen in terms of personal development and transformation, we want to be touring the world, selling out stadiums of 100,000 plus and so forth. How else can we get there? And so every step working backwards, at some point I got to the podcast because this day and age, especially during a pandemic, right? Where podcast is a new podcast every single hour. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to really make a special one where it could be a platform that can help us reach literally billions because, you know, social media is great, obviously, especially this day and age, there's there's a lot you can do with it. But with the podcast, it's just, to me, it was such a special platform because it enables you to have great guests on the show, bigger names and so forth. And not bigger names just because that's cool. Because, I mean, let's be honest, like anyone can Wikipedia a celebrity and see how they had success. But what I like to separate the CLS experience from other shows is we dive deep on the mindset when these big names were actually at rock bottom, when they were Mm. pushing through adversity going through obstacles and challenges, because that's what people can relate to. And those tangible tools and techniques that these people discuss are applicable immediately after the episode ends. And that's why everyone's having breakthroughs listening to the show. And so for me, in a nutshell, the podcast presented an unbelievable opportunity to reach more lives. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I share that with you, bro. I, I just love that. I respect that so much. And you know, um, congratulations for your early success with it. I, let, let's jump into some value bombs right away. Cause you know, to me, you know, I, there's so much I want to talk to you about specifically NLP, which we'll get to. Um, but just talk about mindset because you're a mindset coach. Some people are like, what does that mean? You know, for me, mindset is everything, you know, you, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the TAR principle, um, thoughts plus actions equals results. And um, that's from T. Harv Eker from his money course. I like um, that. Yeah. But if you work back from results, like you like to work backwards, like, you, you know, action is kind of the main thing, but to have inspired action, you have to have inspired thinking. Right. And so that's what that principle teaches. So just talk a little bit about mindset and really what that means. Yeah. So the mindset is everything in my personal opinion in life. And 
it's the difference between anyone who's going to accomplish something mediocre or someone that's going to accomplish something extraordinary. It's not the actual result. That's the things of genius. It's the thought process, the mindset that goes into it, that creates things of genius. It's like the Walt Disney's of the world, the Steve jobs of the world, mm-hmm. you know, Bezos and Elon Musk and so forth. Like these people, their mindset where most people see limitation, these juggernauts see opportunity their mind looks at the world from a different perspective because they look at their map and their map is enriched. A lot of people's mindset or map of the world, so to speak, is not enriched. They, they look at it very small and they play small. And as, as a result, a lot of people don't accomplish extraordinary things that they're capable of. They just don't know it. So what I like to do is help people understand that they are capable of such greatness to leave an impact, to make a legacy and so forth. And I believe it all is in the mindset. And it's like, look, when you have an elevated state, like, you know, when you're like those rare days when you're on fire, you're 10 out of 10, you can't be stopped no matter what you're doing, whether you're on the basketball court or you're making mm-hmm. sales calls or you're at the bar trying to approach a girl, whatever the case may be, when you're in that elevated state, it's not what can I do? It's what can I do? Mm-hmm. That's all mindset. So what I teach is I give people the tools to be able to enhance their state and elevate their state on command. And then from that frame, their mindset just sees opportunity and abundance. Yes, yes, brother. I, 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 would, I just told you before we started this that I was, uh, I was in a clubhouse with David Meltzer. And the question I asked him, which was straight from you, man, you know, um, was this. So I asked him about modeling and anchoring because I heard that you were just uh, on, on one of your recent um, YouTubes, you, you were talking about, I think you actually published one of your own masterminds, right? Yes, yeah. And so you talk about this idea of modeling and anchoring. And I'll tell you what he said in a second. But first, I'd like you to just talk about that from your perspective, modeling and anchoring in terms of mindset. Yeah. So these are the two, I would say, fundamental pillars that help change my entire life. And mm. I teach them all in, in my one-on-ones, my masterminds. It's so important to, for all my clients to start with this. Modeling, essentially, is the ability to find people that you hold in very high regard that were successful in different areas and accumulate some of their successful attributes. And let me just be clear. We're not taking anyone's identity here. When I go to bed, I'm still Craig, you know, you're (laughs) still you, but Mm -hmm. like, if you see people who are successful for different reasons, whether it be a fighter or a Hollywood actor or professional athlete, which I know you love, what do they do that makes them so successful? And then you kind of model some of those attributes Mm-hmm. Even like when I first got to business and, and Wall Street and so forth, I didn't have a ton of confidence, believe it or not. I was more of an introvert. Mm-hmm. And I started modeling the likes of James Bond and, and Tom Cruise from different movies because those guys to me exuded confidence. And so when I modeled them, all of a sudden, like I became a different person. I started to think bigger. I, I had less emotion when it came to like rejection in certain areas on in sales or whatever the case may be. And it helped me a great deal. And then Sooner than later, I didn't have to model them anymore because it became a part of who I am. In regards to anchoring, this is equally as important. It's a very deep, deep exercise. Essentially, you locate a past experience that was exhilarating for you. Maybe the day you got married, maybe the day you got your first sale in business, whatever the case may be. For me, often I use like one of the last marathons that I I crossed the finish line. Put yourself in that moment, feel it, smell it, breathe it, hear it 
exactly how it felt. This could take 30 seconds and then come back to the present with that new elevated state and then step into exactly what you were about to do from an elevated state that you anchored from the past. Sounds a little complicated, but it's actually very simple when I teach it and it's extremely effective. Yeah, dude, I love that, man. I mean, I, I do my best to do my uh, my anchoring, uh, you know, almost all day long, kind of. Um, but I do modeling when I do podcasting. I'm like, okay, my inner Joe Rogan, here we go. <laughs> you know, and and I think it's really effective. And I actually want you to talk about the marathons that you've run. I mean, four, you've run four marathons. I mean, yes. that's beautiful. And one in, in one of the podcasts or, or um, the last things I heard you were talking about, you did a lot of modeling for a, a boxer, a controversial fighter, I think you said, right? Yes. I'd love to hear yes. more about that. Yeah. So, you know, Again, I said, when it comes to modeling, we're not trying to take anyone's identity. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm, look, if we don't use the world as our playground and like find different pieces of why people were successful and don't apply it, the joke's on us. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> like fighters in the past, like, you know, Floyd Mayweather or Conor McGregor, guys like that, like when they were in their prime, they were just so driven and so strategic in their training and in their mindset and studying their opponents and so forth. And, and like I said earlier, like you don't have to love these people, like whatever the case may be, but just specifically how they train for their craft. Like right. I would utilize that as a psychological advantage. And, you know, it was one of the reasons why the last marathon I ran in Philadelphia in the pouring rain, I was able to PR at 339. And let's go. Let's yeah. go. And for me, that's an extraordinary number because a year prior, I couldn't even run a couple of miles without stopping. And so I used my mindset to kind of build myself as a runner. And like I said, I PR at 3.39. And, and my personal opinion is running is 95% mental. As long right. as someone is physically able to put one foot in front of the other, I believe it's 95% mental in owning that voice in your head that will inevitably come and pop up. Yeah. Can you talk about that voice? I mean, in terms of self-talk, I, I, I talk a lot about this with my guests on this show, which is self-talk and how important that is. I mean, like I can, I've never run a marathon, but I can only imagine, man, like man, like that voice is like, okay, stop now. All right, you're tired. Okay, there, you know, just go sit down for a second. Like, could you just talk about how you battle that voice or how you work with that voice inside your head? Yeah, so you just nailed it. That's exactly what the voice is going to say. Yeah. It's say, okay, Craig, you ran 18 miles. You're good now. You got nothing left to prove. Why don't you just step off the course? Or, you know, it, it makes you think that you're more tired than you actually are. And so what I've cultivated and what I've learned is to allow the voice to speak and then literally once it's done speaking, I say, all right, beat it, and, you know, like go mm. to hell or whatever the case may be. And then just stiff arm it and continue doing it. And then I allow in my head, my Craig stunt devil to absorb all the gunfire from that voice. I don't even hear it. And I just keep going. Let me be clear. I didn't have this in the very beginning, but I learned it. And I taught myself, you know, these types of techniques. And it's extremely effective because even like I've had Dina Castor on my show, The CLS Experience, who's the greatest female American runner of all time, all the marathon world records and so forth. Even she, who has all the records, still gets that voice in the head, even when she was in her prime, when she was competing, and even today. But she understands the proper tools to combat it and not let it get the best of her. So no one's immune from that voice in the head, but we get stronger and we figure out ways to destroy it, so to speak, and own it. Right. 
Man, that's so that's so great. I mean, for me, for my listeners, for anyone listening to this, man, like, how can we like transform or I love your word revamp your mindset? Could you talk about that? And like, you know, when those negative thoughts or unproductive thoughts or, or that weak voice uh, comes up, you know, how do we revamp it in that moment? Because this takes a lot of training, man. This is just like lifting weights. You got to train this, 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 this muscle, the brain. So, so yes and no. Yes, it takes training and yes, it requires effort. But I believe that when people say change takes long, I think that's ignorant. And I don't believe that because with NLP okay. and a lot, of, a lot of the tools and techniques that we teach in, in the CLS methodology is change doesn't take long. It's the revamping and changing someone's perspective. And I'll give you an example. Like I had to make an important phone call a few months back and I was kind of putting it off for a day or two, which is uncharacteristic of me, but <laughs> I was, I was looking at it like from not the Craig 2.0 perspective. And I was, I was kind of avoiding it. Then I revamped my mindset. I said, wait a minute, what's really going on here? Like what result am I trying to obtain? Right. And then I revamped what I was looking to get out of this phone call. And all of a sudden, just like that, instead of putting this call off, there was actually nothing in the world that I'd rather do than make this call. I got on the call. I took care of business. I did what I had to do. And I secured the result that I desired. And so when I say revamp, look, it, we're not like completely remaking someone's persona because I don't believe anyone's broken. I just believe their frames are corrupted. And let me be very clear. I have had corrupted frames that were warped, so to speak. And I've been revamping my mindset for years and I've learned faster and simpler, more effective ways to do it. And I, again, I don't believe anyone is sick or mentally or like, they need to be fixed. I just believe their frame of mind can be revamped, as I like to say, or given a different perspective. And then the C's part and everything opens up. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like uh, that, that, transform, that transformative type of thinking can be instantaneous. I think for a lot of us, myself included, we, you know, we're, we're a product of our conditioning over the years, you know? And so like, that's why I think sometimes it takes a little longer because these all these voices in the back of our head, these experiences, they they kind of add to our current mindset, which is right now. So that's why I think it takes some training. But I agree with you in the sense where it's like, hey, if you have the right tools in place and you practice this, yeah, it could be instantaneous. Yeah. And, and also, I love that you use the word conditioning because you're absolutely right. Aaron. That's what it's all about. Once you understand how the tools work then it's like you said, it's beating on your craft. It's at the gym, doing the weights to build muscle. You have to condition yourself to continue to use modeling, anchoring, and so forth. You can't just learn how to do it and then that's it. You right. have to condition yourself every single day. But the starting point, if you buy in, you can change on a dime and you can really start seeing results. But then after that, it's up to you to hold yourself accountable or me to hold you accountable or so forth and continue to condition yourself. So I'm glad that you said that that's absolutely accurate. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, can you can you take a minute since you mentioned NLP and just kind of explain what that is? I, I believe it's neurolinguistic programming. Am I correct? That's correct. Yeah. So it's a technology, so to speak. And it's everything that we've already just been discussing here on this unbelievable conversation. It's just mm -hmm. it's a reprogramming of the brain, so to speak. It's almost like like a computer. Yeah. If, if something's not working, you put in a different program to kind of get the result you desire. The brain is the same thing. So even like I used the example earlier on that phone call that I had to make. Yeah. I reprogrammed my brain in terms of what I was looking to do with that call. And instead of putting it off, all of a sudden I got excited about it and I got the job done. And even with the marathons, like at first I just wanted to break four hours because in the running world, that's a thing. You yeah, know? it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's like a benchmark. And so once I did that, I was like, wait a minute, 
is that really what I wanted to do? Or can we do significantly better? And then I kind of reprogrammed of what I see to be possible for me. And then it wasn't just, I wanted to break four hours. It's I wanted to break three 30. Mm. That's a big jump. Right. Mm -hmm. And let me be clear. I didn't get it the next time, two months later, but I did shave off almost a half hour and I got three thirty nine. So and between me and you and your audience, I have some unfinished business with the marathon scene. Um, and I will definitely 100% break 330. Why? Because my mind now understands what's possible. Once we broke four, we got 339. Realistically, we're limitless in what we can decide. And, and that's what NLP is all about is reprogramming your brain and what you see possible for yourself. I love that, man. I, I agree with you. We are limitless. And, and I love how you speak it because I'm a big believer in law of attraction and speaking things out to the universe and like solidifying things with your word, your spoken word. So that's why I love how you, you speak that out. Um, could you could you go into that just a little bit further, though? The NLP, like like are there specific tools? Is it a program? Like how does how do exactly how does it work? Yeah. So the modeling, the anchoring, those are all things that I study in NLP. And then obviously okay. I put my own like flavor and remix into it to make it a little bit more effective for my clients and so forth. But those are the tools right there, modeling, anchoring. And, you know, there's a submodality shift where essentially you can change what you associate pain and pleasure to. Like, for example, mm -hmm. if somebody's a little bit overweight and, you know, they find pleasure in eating snacks at night that don't serve them, we have the ability to, to very quickly change what they associate those snacks to. So instead of those being pleasurable, all of a sudden, now eating snacks at night that don't serve you are painful. Mm. And now you avoid them. You want nothing to do with them. So being able to change what you associate pain and pleasure to is a very deep, powerful tool. And I'll give you one more example. Yeah. You know, I've had clients that got out of a nasty divorce and they were really having trouble moving on, Aaron, because whenever they thought about their ex, like it just, it just drove them crazy. It's so much anger. And, and as a result, they were wearing shackles. I helped them associate their ex, not with pain, not with pleasure, just indifference. Now, all of a sudden, the shackles are removed. They can fly. They're opening themselves up to the universe. They're finding relationships that they're aligned to and stuff of that nature. So NLP and with what I do, it's all intertwined. It's a fascinating technology. It really is, man. I'm, I'm fascinated because, you know, I, I actually run a, a youth volleyball club, a, a beach volleyball club called West Coast Beach. And, you know, we, we, we deal with kids every day, my staff and I. And I'm always trying to figure out exactly how to reach them on a you know, on a, on a mindset level, that's not too like forced, you know, I want to keep it fun. So I'd be interested to learn a little bit more about NLP and those techniques. And, you know, that's why I kind of started this podcast. Cause I, I this, actually, the next thing I want to talk to you about is, is the idea of sharpening the ax, because I, I've heard you say that before. And, and, you know, that really resonates with me because that's what we're doing right now. We're sharpening the ax right now. Right. Right. First yeah. of all, I, I love how much homework you do. You remind me of me. <laughs> And I appreciate that very much. Yes. In regards to sharpening the ax, I've been sharpening the ax for 10 years straight. And I just didn't realize that I wanted to make it my life until I started CLS. What does it mean to sharpen the ax? Just to get inspired, to journal, to get a message from everything that you do, whether it's you're watching a movie, you hear a song. I speak to someone fascinating and awesome like you. I receive a message from it, something that I could take away. I'm always sharpening the axe. I'm always working on my tools so that whatever it is that I'm going to do, for example, just to use an analogy, like you're going to war, you just want to have a bigger arsenal of weaponry to use, right? You just want to have more options. So I'm always sharpening the axe and, and getting inspired and adding to my list of people that I want to model in the future and so forth. Yeah, man. Well, you're on my list. I'm, I'm modeling you as we speak right now, because I'm very inspired by your story, man. And, you know, um, you, you appreciate that. 
Yeah, for sure, man. You you mentioned journaling. I'd like to talk about that because that's one of the tools that I use. I do find it difficult. So I'd like to hear because I know that you you have is, is it you have four journals? A day? Is that what I heard or about seven for seven? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Seven journals. So talk about those seven. Talk about the act of journaling and talk about what it does for you. Yeah. So when I journal, like it's, it's always for different reasons or for different causes. Like I don't just like sit down at a certain time every day and write beer journal and mm -hmm. start going in. I'll just, I have different journals for different reasons. Like one will be all about like NLP and CLS technology. One is about Kabbalah, which I recently had some fun with and I was able to get some stuff out of it. Mm. One journal is just all the great books that I've read, notes from those books. So I don't have to go back and reread all the books. There's like certain points in there. One is, you know, for my fitness, which I work out every single day. So I'm, I keep track of what I worked out and how I'm performing and so forth because I'm a little OCD like that. And I won't shy away from that. I like to be organized. So I have journals for different reasons and they're always just open on my dining room table. And whenever something comes to my mind, I'll go write something in one of them or if I just want to get like an excerpt from one of them, just to get inspired, I'll open up a page from a different one and I'll just take something out of it. But for me, like there's no actual formula. I just love to put pen to paper and have different genres of different notebooks for different reasons. And for the audience listening, I can't stress enough how important journaling is. It's the difference between having an idea in your head and then actually putting it to paper and starting an empire. So if, for those of you that, you know, are, are contemplating, how do I start? Just grab a pen, grab a notebook and just start going in at the very worst. Like it'll become a little vision board for you and, and you'll, you'll see some stuff in there that excite you, but it's very productive. And it's actually a necessity in my personal opinion. So just dive into that a little deeper for, for me and my audience. Like, so are we talking like uh, my, just my thoughts or my intentions or my goals or like observations or a combination of all those things, or like, you know, just, just talk about exactly how to get going on journaling. Simply put all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just grab a notebook that, that you want some thoughts in there done. Maybe take, you know, 10 minutes out of your day and you write down a paragraph, whatever the case may be. And you could always go back to it and see how you were feeling and so forth. Cool. Another one I would suggest start making a notebook and this will be a game changer for you personally, grab a notebook and then just start writing down people as life comes to you, the people that you would like to model for different reasons. Yeah. Love that. On the left side of the page, you put down some names and on the right side of that same line, just put down three different attributes that they have that you'd like to embody. And the list is never ending. You'll have this, you know, to your final breath and you'll be able to go back to that and tap in to those abilities on command. Love that, man. Um, okay. Building on that. Do you use a whiteboard? Yeah. I yeah. I like, I just got this big one and like, I love being able to just write ideas down and, and like brainstorm in front of me so I can see it. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's another tool like for, cause sometimes for me, I journal and it's just like, it's just challenging for me. So I like, I like to see it on the whiteboard. So yeah. Well, you're going to grab a journal after this and you're going to start your modeling. <laughs> I will. Gonna, I totally will. Names, and it's going to help you a great deal. You thank me later. Trust me on that. But in regards uh, you, to the whiteboard, yeah. what were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say in regards to the whiteboard, I love that as well. And I, I always get like cool with the colors and, and make yeah. it sticks out. So I'm a big advocate in that as well. Yeah, cool. And I'm going to do multiple journals. I'm going to try that because I've only done one and it gets a little overwhelming. So maybe I could like compartmentalize. I think that would help. Yeah. Sure. Um, I want to steer into the idea of telling your story because on the, the last uh, podcast episode of CLS that I was listening to, which is how to identify your gifts and take ownership of your story with Marsha Van 
Weinsberg, Van Weinsberg, which is, she was an awesome guest of yours. She talks a lot about the power of your story that you tell yourself. Yep. And for anyone listening to this, I highly recommend you go check out that episode. I'll link this, I'll link that to this, uh, to this podcast, but talk about that because everything to everything is a story, right? We tell ourselves these stories all day long about ourselves, about our journey, about other people. It's all a story. Could you just expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So in regards to Marsha, who's a dear friend of mine, you know, she's all about owning your story and not letting your story own you. And here's mm. the thing, unless none of us have really lived, which I don't think is the case, all of us have a journey. All of us have peaks and valleys. All of us have ups and downs. So some of the stuff that may have happened in the past that like you dwell on or are holding you back from flying and acting as shackles instead of like having that story on you, stand on top of your story, not in it, own it. Yes, that did happen to me. And you know what? It shaped me and it made me the man or woman I am today. And I'm stronger for it and so forth. So that's what that means. Just owning your story. And, and sometimes like the ugliest parts of your story, right? The parts that you don't want anyone to know about it, that actually might be the most beautiful part of your story. And mm. by, by embodying that and even sharing it, at some point with the world, you never know one person, if not hundreds, thousands might hear that and it might resonate with them and it might help them significantly alter the path of their life. And I think that's very important. Bro, I love that. And I just want to stay with that for a second, because now we're going to talk about authenticity and vulnerability, because that's a that's a big part of sharing. Right. Like like when I started this podcast, man, I had to look at myself in the mirror and I was like, all right, man, let's go. Let's go. And and and. I want you to talk a little bit about being authentic because you just come off as so authentic and so real. And I love that, but it, a lot of people struggle with that. You know, yeah. a lot of people struggle with just being authentic and, and, and specifically vulnerable, right? Vulnerability. And I believe, I believe that the world is asking us all to be more authentic and vulnerable. Sure. I absolutely agree with you. You know, it, listen, it takes some courage but ultimately right. you have to just embrace exactly who you are as a human being. And look, there's an old expression like chicks dig scars. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we all have scars from our, our past. No one is flawless and just learn to love it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a part of living life. It's a part of your story. It's a part of your journey. And in regards to authenticity, it's so important. You know, when I started CLS and I realized I was gonna start putting out content yeah. And, and doing things like you and I are doing right here today. Like uh -huh. I wasn't really comfortable for me at the time. I was never a big social media guy, but I did make one guarantee to myself. I said this, I'm going to be as authentic, real and raw as I can possibly be as a human being. And the world's either going to love it and gravitate towards it. or maybe they won't, but you know what? I'll know sooner than later. And I'm not going like, to pretend I'm someone I'm not. And thankfully, you know, the world gravitated towards a message and the rest is history, so to speak. But mm -hmm. I just think it's so important for everyone to be their true, authentic self because everybody is unique. Everybody has their own story and everybody needs to realize it. That's what makes us so special and to embrace that. Love it, man. Um, have you ever heard of FOPO? Say it again. FOPO? No. Okay, you're going to love this one. Um, one of my last guests, uh, Mike, Dr. Mike Gervais, he's a sports psychologist, works, works with the Seattle Seahawks. He, ta he taught me this. I think you're going to dig this. So FOPO is fear of other people's opinions. You know, and I just feel like that's 
that's big right now, man. Like it's big, uh, like, you know, maybe you and I have been able to battle that. I'm still battling it quite honestly, just to be, um, you know, authentic, but I just feel like now in the Instagram age and the social media and the podcasting, like, you know, we're all looking at each other, but you know, there's not everyone is comfortable sharing everything all the time because of maybe a little bit of a FOPO, right? We're just afraid of being judged. Could you just talk on that for a second? Yeah, just change your mindset, right? Be, <laughs> be afraid of being fake. Be afraid of not telling the world your story. Be afraid of not taking a shot. Be afraid of keeping the bat on your shoulder and not actually taking a swing. That's what I would suggest. And by changing what you associate pain and pleasure to, you know, you'll open that up for yourself. Who cares about other people's opinions? Everybody's got one. And listen, this is something I had to learn early on with CLS. Like, I know I'm an acquired taste. I'm not everybody's cup of tea or a cup of mm -hmm. whiskey, whatever the case may be. That's mm -hmm. totally fine. I get it. I don't love everyone out there. You know, I have people that I gravitate towards too as well. In, in essence, it's not even personal. Like, it just is what it is. And if you want to stop and throw stones at every single dog that barks, you're never going to get past first base. That's just the reality. I love that. I really love that, man. Um, you going backwards a little bit, you, I heard that you started two eight figure businesses. Yes. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about that journey and kind of where that, where that took you and what lessons you learned from that? Yeah. So I had a lot of success in business when I got out of college in regards to the finance and wall street and starting my own company, um, providing working capital to business all across the country. And I did that with my mindset. You know, I, I learned a lot in modeling, anchoring and so forth. And I was be able to build and be creative and don't get me wrong, it wasn't up in a straight line. There's a ton of, you know, ups, downs, stress. And that's one of the reasons why I pivoted to CLS because I stopped having fun with those businesses. There's just way too much stress. And I just want to make people happy. I just want to help people and make the world a better place, as corny as that might sound. And so, you know, I stopped having fun with that. And, and listen, like the pandemic has taught me personally, it's just how unpredictable life is. And that was one of the driving forces for me pivoting, going all in with CLS because I'm having the time of my life right now. And yeah. Seeing people get results, which is which is what it's all about. In regards to you know building big businesses, it's just a mindset and you know figuring out like you know how to solve people's problems and so forth. But and you know business isn't rocket science, so to speak. You can learn, you can adapt. You can listen to podcasts, you can read, you can dabble, and there's going to be failures, there's going to be setbacks, but you'll learn from them and you keep and you'll keep going and so forth. It's awesome, man. Um, I want to do something a little different. I've never done this before, but I, I feel like you you would dig this. So I, do you know what a rampage is? I know the word, but I'm not necessarily <laughs> sure what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like not an angry rampage, but like a rampage of just quick thoughts, just just like almost like popcorn style. But if you want to take one of these and run with it, I'm totally fine with that because I kind of made a list of words that I think you could rampage on when it comes to this okay so what does having a mindset of and then i'm going to say a word and then you can kind of just rampage it if you want okay okay all right so what does having a mindset of inspiration mean to you having a mindset of inspiration is as follows that means you wake up every single day with a purpose you're living inside your vision you're inspired you're motivated you're driven to conquer your goals to conquer your moonshots and to just push forward and to make things happen what does having a mindset of success mean to you? Results. You're living in your vision and you're working towards a goal. And you're not just waking up every day and going rogue and freestyling it. You have a success mindset 
means that you're looking to accomplish things, whether it be a legacy or greatness, whatever the case may be, and work towards that goal. What does having a mindset of winning mean to you? You don't like to lose. You like to win. I, I, I know that's short and sweet, but that's what came to my mind. What does having a mindset of adding value mean to you? So that's what it's all about for me right now at this day in my life as I, as I live and breathe here speaking to you is I just want to provide value. I want to help people revamp their mindset, show them that there's a better life out there for them. A change of perspective can completely alter the path of their life if they weren't happy, get them on fire, as I like to say. And I just want to provide value. That's it's all I can do. As you and I are speaking today on this unbelievable episode of your great podcast, someone listens to it, they get some value from it, then you and I win. We've done our part. And that's what it's all about. Beautiful. What is having a mindset? What is having a mindset of discipline and motivation mean to you? Discipline? Discipline. Yeah. So discipline's yeah. big with me because I'm very structured. Like every single day, uh, I know exactly how the day is going to go. Uh, I have a game plan and I, I'm very routine oriented. And that's what helps me stay very productive and also eliminate procrastination. I see that. A lot of people, like a lot of my clients, when I work with them in the beginning, one of the reasons why they procrastinate the most is because they lack discipline and they lack structure. And when you're able to apply those two things, there's no time to think. You can't think about, oh, should I do this or not? Because you know you're just you're taking care of tasks until until the day is over or until you shut it down, so to speak. And and motivation, a mindset of motivation. Mindset of motivation means that you have the ability to stick to whatever it is that you want to accomplish and be driven in conquering your tasks to get to that end result. And if you're not motivated, you're probably not being very productive because you need to have passion and you need to be excited about what you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing, or you're not going to be too successful, I imagine. What does having a mindset of leadership mean to you? That's a great one. A mindset of leadership means the camera's always on. Mm -hmm. Everybody's always watching you and you're responsible for how people are going to act because they look up to you. So you need to lead by example. And carry that over to what does having a mindset of accountability mean to you? Yeah, accountability is huge. That means that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And whether you're able to hold yourself accountable or you have a support system like a mentor or a coach or someone that can hold you accountable. And let me be clear. A lot of people are like scared to ask for support and help. I have mentors. Like I ask for support. I like telling the world about something I'm going to do. Like, for example, when I ran my first marathon, I told the world I was going to do it because secretly to me, that made everyone hold me accountable. Right. And when I launched CLS, the first thing I did was I put out a video basically telling the world who I am and what I'm about to start and, and grow. And that was cultivate lasting symphony and help people. And once I put that video out, which was stepping out of my comfort zone, it made the world hold me accountable in my eyes, because I just told everyone what I was going to do. How can I not do it now? So that's what that means to me. Beautiful. What is uh, only a few more? What is having a mindset of money mean to you? That's a great one because a lot of people don't have the correct mindset required to make money work for them. And let's just be honest. People think money is like a dollar bill. No, money is energy. And even something as simple as a mantra, right? Like 
I am a money magnet. Money flows to me effortlessly and abundantly. Just saying that, believing it, law of attraction, all that stuff, all of a sudden, it just changes your relationship with it. And also, like when you're going to make an investment, are you the type of cat that says, how, how, you know, how much is it going to cost? How am I going to get this? Whatever the case would be. Or does your brain say this? What is going to be my return on investment with this? What kind of value am I going to get out of that? And then when you change your mindset towards money, it'll start to come to you in abundance. Trust me. Yes. What does having a mindset of wealth mean to you? Wealthy mindset essentially is you expect to make things happen and be rich, not necessarily financially, but just wealthy in your thoughts and like remaining positive law of attraction, stuff of that nature. And just embodying a, a go-getter attitude who always sees optimism in things. That's a wealthy mindset to me. Yes. Last two, what does having a mindset of impact mean to you? To leave a mark on this world so that long after you and I are gone, someone can play back this episode and be able to take value from it and apply it to their life. That's an impact. Yes. And uh, the last one, what does having a mindset of legacy mean to you, which is kind of the similar, similar thing, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So I'll get deep for a second. Like, yeah, go for it. If this was it for us, right? Like hypothetically speaking, like what would people say at your funeral? Like what kind right. of legacy did you leave? How did you make people feel? Right. If someone, if someone were to go, you know, watch one of the pieces of your content long after you're gone, like how would they feel about it? or even not even looking at the content, just thinking about you, what kind of impression did you leave on them? That's what legacy is all about. And I think it's so important for everyone to strive to leave a great legacy, not selfishly for them, but just so that they impact so many more people. Right, right. Man, that was cool, dude. I, I, I haven't really done a rampage like that before, but I, you killed it, bro. That was amazing. And I, yeah, I just, I feel the same. It's going to be hard for you to get someone to top that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, man, my follow-up to all that stuff, um, because at the end of the day, it, for me, it's about fulfillment, you know, definitely impacting leg legacy or up there, but, you know, talk a little bit about fulfillment with all these things and, and the mindset of fulfillment. You could just add that right in there. Mindset of fulfillment, you know, being fulfilled is being happy in my yeah. opinion working yeah. towards something that excites you or a goal, you know, striving towards that and so forth. Like, and listen, you have to find what you're excited about and then you know where you're heading and then right. you're able to, you know, build fulfillment along the way. Some people never find fulfillment and they just keep, you know, moving the finish line further and further back. And no, no matter how financially wealthy they are, whatever the case may be, they're never satisfied. So being fulfilled, I think is very important. And it comes with finding your purpose, your passion, being excited about what you're doing, and then actually working towards it. That's so cool, man. Um, I, I only have a last couple things for you here. For anyone, un, for anyone out there who's feeling stuck, right? Who's feeling uninspired, who's feeling just like, man, just, you know, beaten down. What tips do you, do you have for that person? Yeah, so what excites you what's your passion what's your purpose journal if need be like what gets you inspired when you really break it down and then work towards that and the only thing scarier than doing that is to not do it and wake up 
six months later, God forbid, six years later, still unfulfilled, still stuck. Everybody has a decision, right? Like when the pandemic happened, you know, a lot of us had a decision to make. We can watch a ton of Netflix, right? And eat a ton of food, or we could use this rare extra time to get creative and to find out what excites us and then maybe start a side project or a passion project or do something you never had the time to do. And everybody has a choice. Just not a lot of people, you know, have that guidance or that inner drive to work towards that. And so I would say in, in regard to that, just the worst thing that you could do is to leave the bat on your shoulder and not take that swing because we're not going to yeah. be here forever. Yeah, I really love that, man. Um, Craig, last thing, you know, every guest that comes on my show, I always think of a word or a phrase that best describes them. So for you, I'm going to ask you what you, how you would best describe yourself, but I'm going to tell you what I came up with for you. A catalyst for transformational change. Love it. Love that. Yeah. Is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, respond to that or, or, you know, come up with a word or a phrase for yourself. First of all, I love that. I, I have no problems with it. I think it's great. It suits me. And I appreciate you saying that. Cool. If I could like describe myself on something, simply put, Craig is on fire. And when you <laughs> speak to him or you watch some of his content, you have a conversation with him, anything to do with him, you immediately have an elevated state and you want to better yourself and do something great. That's what I take most pride in every single conversation I have. I don't care if it's with a team member, my assistant, my family, a podcast like this, anything. I want someone to leave that interaction with an elevated state and feeling good about themselves. Man, well, I'm in an elevated state right now and I'm feeling good. So I, I can't thank you enough for coming on uh, uh, the podcast today and just sharing some of your mindset Thank you so much, Craig. This has been awesome. I can't wait to share this with the world and um, talk a little bit about how people can find you, any websites you want to mention, any programs. Yeah, so CultivateLastingSymphony.com is my website, but what you really want to check out is the CLS Experience Podcast, anywhere you tune in, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Also on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. That's where I probably hang out the most. We just sold out our first mastermind program. Everybody in there is manufacturing big breakthroughs, having a ton of fun. We have special speakers, celebrity guest speakers. That's going to be wrapping up soon. And then we're launching the brand new one with a ton of surprises in April. We haven't opened up the doors yet, but every single thing that we do launch sells out in the first hour. So if you're interested on, on transforming your life and revamping your mindset, and let me just be very clear. If you feel stuck, it doesn't have to be that way. You can find a support system. You can have an intimate family in this container and we can teach you how to utilize the tools we discussed here today, modeling, anchoring, submodalities and so forth. And you can build a community and form relationships. They'll be there for life. That's what it's all about. And I just want to say before I sign off with that, I'm a huge fan of yours, my man. I'm very deliberate and specific with who we collaborate with as we're really busy right now, CLS. And I'm so grateful to be so busy, but there's something about you when you reached out. I just felt the connection and I appreciate everything that you're doing. I have your back. And if there's ever anything that you need, you can count on me to support you. Man, that means a lot, Craig. Thank you so much, bro. And I just know we're going to collaborate in the future in some, in some fashion. I just feel that. So I guarantee it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Craig, dude, Craig Siegel, appreciate you so much, man. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. My pleasure. Have a great day, buddy. You too. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by DAF Global. 
If you're looking to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you're looking for editing services, hit up my guys, Oliver and Garrett at DAF Global. They're awesome. They help me with this podcast and they take care of all kinds of different services like editing and audio enhancement. And they're great to work with. They're also offering a 10% discount to all within the game listeners. So hit my guys up at DAF Global on Instagram and also on their website, www.dafglobal.co.uk.